All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. I don't think it's into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 110 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host today, Julian Gill, admin on the FAQ Message Board, and I am joined by the almighty Marcus. Marcus Almighty Mark, welcome back. Greetings, sir. And also 69th Blizzard, Ken, the voice of reason. Hey. And hopefully, yes. we'll, hopefully we'll have Daniel uh, Wheezy, or Wheeze with us shortly uh, so that he can participate in today's topic. Um, he's not going to miss much while I just run over a, a little bit of news. Obviously, I got to attend the Ace Frehley show at Jackson Rancheria last, what was it, last Saturday now, so just coming up to a week since that. I did the meet and greet experience, which I've never done with Ace. I've read and obviously heard from, uh, you know, Mark, uh, not Mark, uh, Andy, who participated on this board, uh, on the show, pardon me. You know about his experience doing that all i gotta say is the meet and greet and everything went smoothly was fantastic had an absolutely fantastic time it was a, a cool drive up to jackson from san francisco i think 140 something miles so you know not too not not as bad as la but uh yeah. no playlist with me that day other than ace fairly just blasting mm-hmm. along so the show itself i was thrilled to finally get a chance to see richie scarlet play in the ace frilly band and i was looking forward to that more than anything i was really big into the bootlegs back in the 90s and most of them were the 95 shows and you know richie back then i always felt and still do to this to this day believe that he brings an x factor to that band live he's he's still got a kind of a larger than life rock and roll star persona when he performs he busts his ass on stage and ace is way more static so you know it's it's movement on stage um, the set list was, you know, nothing that different from what they've been doing. They played Deuce, so I'm happy, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, and as far as Ace's solo material goes, you know, he played everything you expect him to play. The set's a bit shorter than the last time I saw him, but, you know, it was a well-paced show. Um, the casino was, you know, fantastic and very nice venue. Afterwards, we, uh, a bunch of us did did the meet and greet, which was, you know, not too assembly line. It went smoothly. John, um, Ace's road manager, tour manager, personal assistant, whatever you want to want to call him, was very good throughout communicating how things were going to work out, uh, you know, when we'd get our tickets, the process, how to do things. So, again, you know, like had been the case at the LA Expo, very well organized. Just a moment with Ace. I mean, he's just come off stage, so he's not talkative. Uh, got to give him yeah. cop- copies of the solo album and Odyssey books, which was cool. Uh, but you know, like I told him, uh, he lived it, so he's just like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, it's it's a book. He, he he doesn't need to read about himself. And I did tell him, you know, that there's some very nice things said about you by the people who worked with you at this time. And you know, if he doesn't remember it, he can look back into those books and uh, mm-hmm. you know see. So I got some cool shit signed yeah. by him. Uh, second signature on that uh, Kisteria box set poster. Need two more in April from Gene and Paul. So it was fun. Um, he's just coming to the end of this, uh, I think, ro- run of dates right now. Uh, I think he finishes up tomorrow, and then he's got South America coming up, Argentina. Uh, so catch him while you can. It, it really is one of those things. He's playing well. He's singing well. It was oh, 
the other high point of the show, of course, Emerald off Origins being performed was absolutely fantastic. So that's my one particular musical high point from the show. Bring It On Home was excellent. Their little guitar duels were great. And Chris Wise is an absolute freaking monster on bass. Always liked him going back to the days in the cult. Excellent, excellent, mm. excellent. And Scotty Coogan, of course, sings his ass off. So great band. You know, no pyro, no flashbots, just good music, yeah. good crowd. Met a whole bunch of people. So if I met you that day, it was great to meet you. And for several people, it was great to finally meet you after uh, communicating for so many years on Facebook. So real fun. Go catch him, support him, and scream for him. Because uh, excellent, <laughs> excellent show. I'd do it again. All right, I'm going to just see if Daniel's ready to join us. And oh, yeah, he's still rebooting, so... Let's get into today's topic, unless either of you have any things that you just want to mention quickly about uh, business models or anything in the KISS world that's business rocking models. your boat. Yeah. Business models. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, nothing. All right. Well, Gene's got a new gold mine interview where he, uh, you know, well, he, he's Gene. So check it out. There's a link for it on the FAQ message board. I haven't read it yet. Uh, so. Apparently he mentioned something about his box set finally coming out this year, but that's like Groundhog Day <laughs> as far as Simmons is concerned. Yeah. I will believe it when I'm holding it in my grubby, fat, stubby-fingered hands. So let's get into today's topic then. And today's topic is, you know, first, faves, effort, and Frelly. Um, you know, so what was your first, what is your favorite, and what is your fuck it? Um, the one that you either hate or would get rid of. Um, for any question that you can really apply to KISS and related artists. Where this topic came from was a nice dinner we had in after the LA Expo and just started throwing these around the table. Not my idea, but I'm going to use it today. So why don't we just jump straight in and go with the, I guess the very first one would be your first KISS, your first KISS experience, whether it was when you got, not necessarily when you got into the band, but the first time you ever experienced KISS. Mark. Well, the first time I experienced KISS would have to be through my older sister, who's been brought up numerous times on this fine podcast. Um, but, yeah, when, you know, there's about, if I'm not mistaken here with my math, seven years difference between me and my sister. So, obviously, you know, the KISS records were being played when I was fairly young. So, my, uh, but my first real remembrance of hearing KISS was uh, Destroyer, because that's one record that she was playing a lot in the house, that and KISS Alive. So, so I remember it mainly because I remember seeing the cover. That was the thing that it was etched in my mind for a very long time, ever since I was young. That was the, my first introduction to KISS. I mean, I could... That's one of those memories that I can remember as far back. I can remember lots of things when I was young when I first moved out of our apartment, this and that. But that's one thing that's very vivid in my mind is seeing that album cover. So that's my first Kiss experience. Ken, how about you? Well, technically my first experience is just seeing the, the, the first album cover. And I just blew it off, basically. Um, <laughs> that was the experience. <laughs> Where a friend that lived across the street, this is back in 70, it might have been 76, 75, maybe 75 even, 
and had me over and uh, he was showing me some stuff, playing some stuff, but he didn't play that at all. All I saw was the cover and I I just totally dismissed it. I said, what the heck is this, you know? <laughs> I thought, you know, I said this before, as I said, it was, you know, I thought these, it was just, well, you know, clowns, clowns, the album of clowns. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I dismissed it and then, uh, so I don't know if that's a, a real experience or that, not. That, that's, but, your, uh, that's that's a totally legitimate first kiss. That's the first time they actually that's registered the really with you. First time, and uh, I probably didn't even remember the name of the band when, but I you know I realized it later on uh, that oh that's what he was trying to be you know, show me and but he didn't play anything for me uh, off of it so oh well uh, later on I finally got in tune and and, and you know about a year later or so yeah mine's a very similar one my first kiss is actually you know it's early 79 after we moved to america and we're at school in binghamton macarthur elementary there was a talent show of some description and there were kids up on stage doing the tinfoil and and black okay. uh you know, whatever stuff with, with really atrocious face paint um, or mask. I don't, I don't even remember the details. All I remember is them prancing around on stage and I think do some Black Diamond playing. So that was probably why Deuce Remains my favorite song to this day. You know, so mm -hmm. that's my first kiss. It didn't register other than it's a very vivid yeah. memory, memory of coming to America for me. So always <laughs> will be. I filed it away just like I did lots of things and didn't get into the band for, you know, six more years. So <laughs> later on. Yeah, way, yeah. way later. But I mean, you know, it was like that with many, many bands for me at the time. I mean, went to a, a friend's cottage on a, a lake one year and his brother was playing United by Judas Priest. And that registered. I, I loved that kind of. The sound of that song but it took you know years for me to really get into priests i didn't get into them until turbo as well you know another mid-80s album then i went back through the catalog and discovered oh so that was that song okay now i know who who's by i was like you know just smack yeah. me upside the head with a frying pan kind of thing all right so that one you know doesn't really have a fave or an effort attached to it for that memory um so let's move on to the uh, next one let me just check on daniel again oh he's still rebooting um your first con your first kiss concert um mine obviously didn't come until 1998 los angeles mm. so yeah damn it but it could it could, you know i was talking to someone at the expo and, you know like i lived in binghamton at the time that mark st john was there and that just to this day bothers me no end that i lived there at the time and kids came into school the next day wearing those freaking t-shirts and you saw the animalized shirts all around town so there were well binghamton probably six thousand people if that went to the show and that just bothers me so my favorite kiss concert has got to be or today is 2000 farewell front row and that was uh, marysville up near past sacramento anyway and just ending up in the front row, having, you know, kind of had the backstage experience there of Tommy driving around mm. in a little Mini Cooper or something and delivering the tickets to the person I was with, <laughs> seeing Gene eating cake out of a bowl without a spoon and Ted Nugent and all that shit. <laughs> but the show itself, you know, that was the first time I really felt the pyro at a Kiss concert. Oh, yeah. 
Obviously, yeah. I didn't have a whole lot of Kiss concerts under my belt when my first one had been 1998, and here we are in 2000. Uh, that's kind of beside the point. Just feeling the freaking flames. And if I recall, mm-hmm. we were on Frelly's side. So that was okay. really cool for me as well. So it was, uh, you know, a good show. Simple as that. They they were awesome. playing. They were playing well. My fuck it show would be my least favorite one I've been to. It was Rock the Nation. As much as mm, I okay. en- as much as I enjoyed all the way, the crowd was dead. The drug smoke was overpowering. Poison was on the bill, um, and. You know, it was just one of those things where I was tired. I wasn't in a concert mood, and here I am at a concert. It wasn't that they were bad. It was. It wasn't them. It was me. You know. So that's my least favorite of my shows that I've been to, and I've been to plenty since. So that kind of says a lot. We were at the same that same show. You were together, but we were at that same show. Yeah. Do you Do you remember a Do you remember a very pregnant woman who was dancing up in front of the speakers? I mean, she basically had her pregnant belly up against loud speakers, and I was just <laughs> shaking my head, going, "What?" You know, I probably, you know, wanted to get that image out of my mind forever, so I probably forgot about it. Uh, I don't re- I don't remember it, but I'm sure I saw it. If it was, I was at it was sixth row. You know, pretty oh, much about I, dead I way, Actually, where was I? I, I don't even remember. I don't, I'd have to look up the scans, but I had good seats, I think. All right, so Mark, what yes. was uh, what was your first Kiss concert, your favorite, and your I guess your least favorite? Well, this is very well etched in my mind. My first Kiss concert, and it totally and absolutely blew me away, was... Toronto Sky Dome 1996 reunion tour. Mm. Uh, I to the moment I stepped foot, went through the hallway, came out to the seat area, and saw those four huge inflatables. I was like, "Holy shit!" I knew something cool was gonna happen for sure because it was a very, like, very full. Like, I mean, usually when I went and saw shows there. They would cut off the arena quite a bit, right? When I saw Iron Maiden there, they turned it into a small kind of 5,000-seater place, right? But this is big. This was like, we're talking well over 30,000 people for, for sure. It was it was really big. But that, that show was unbelievable. I mean, right from the opening notes of Deuce there, right to the very ending, you know, it was just just unbelievable. I don't think... You could have probably talked to me beside me that that whole show, and I probably wouldn't have heard a single word you said to me because I was so into it, you know, watching it. So that's my favorite show, and luckily I have it on VHS bootleg of the whole show, so I can always relive that memory. Thankfully, but I, I need to find a way to put it to DVD. I have a guy on the board who's been asking me to make him a copy as well, and I've been trying. So if you're watching this, I am trying still to make a copy. So, um, but my favorite show even though it wasn't the first one although the first one is high up there my favorite show actually happened the year after during the lost cities show uh, tour that they did and it was in hamilton and that show i like better for a couple reasons number one they were really gelled by that point i thought and uh it had a couple of moments that that were really memorable to me number one Paul started doing that, you know, going into the crowd bit for Love Gun during that, which I hadn't seen, obviously, prior. 
And the great thing that I remember about this show was this was the infamous time when Ace fell over on stage on his back and Gene looked at him. The roadie was coming to come pick him back up and he just kind of shook his head and waved off the roadie and just pretty much said to leave him on there on the ground. <laughs> yeah, and the, the Ace continued to play on the ground until the song was pretty much done and the lights went down. So that was a very hilarious moment that I'll never forget seeing that happening. That was definitely a a moment that I'll never forget. And my fuck it show is definitely going to be <laughs> Sonic Boom when I saw them mm. because it was an outdoor venue. Not that I hate outdoor venues, but they're never as good. The sound carries. It's always weird when you're outside. Um, I had two people in front of me. You know the guys I'm talking about, the fuck yeah, man, uh, burp, burping and belching and puking an hour later in front of you. I was I was not at I was not at that show. I'm, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but you know they were totally like you know they, every ten minutes they'd be like, excuse me, man, they step on your foot trying to go get more beer. You know, by the time the show was about halfway done, I was ready to pop him in the head because he kept wanting to go by me every couple of minutes. It's like, why are you here? Like, you know, do you want, want to see this? And then, you know, at this point, Paul was already starting to have a little bit of trouble vocally, so that didn't help either. But it was really that. I mean, I think I could have enjoyed the show a lot more if I didn't have, you know, the guy who was, you know, trying to yell over the music at me and step on my feet and then spill beer and then puke. And, you know, like, that made it totally not cool. So that's my fuck it show. Yeah, you know, I gotta agree with you on that. Those people at shows fucking grind my gears to go all Peter Griffin. We had them at uh, the Vegas show. They're these, like, now girls or it girls, whatever you want to fucking call those bimbos. And they, if they weren't taking selfies, they took selfies the whole fucking show. You know, just facing oh, back... You know, pacing wrong direction to get pictures of the band performing yeah. in the background. And, yeah. you know, they had phones like this fucking big that took... A, it's like, excuse me, get the fuck out of the way. When they weren't doing that, they were going backwards and forwards getting beers and giggling. I mean, giggling at a KISS <laughs> concert is just not the right emotional response. I mean, <laughs> no matter how fanboyish you are, when you start giggling, you know... And it's also, if you've listened to bootlegs, those people who sing... And sing badly. Mm -hmm. That doesn't bother me yeah. as much. You know, at the A show, I was lip syncing. I wasn't actually singing. I was like, I, I'm not fucking singing. I'm not going to be that person. I was also trying to tape. But, you know, Mark, nightmare. Ken, how about you? You know, you're, you, uh, what would be your, your first concert, first your one? fave, yeah, and the, your least fave? Right. First one was, you know, 1979 Dynasty <sighs> at the Cow Palace, San Francisco. And, uh, yeah, like you, I, that's the first time I felt the you know the heat from the flames and and so on. And I wasn't right right up front. Um, I was back a little ways. I was under kind of almost under the the disco ball that they had hanging in the the center, which then you know spewed out the uh, the Kiss Army sponges. Oh, I have afterwards. one up there now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you both have one, and uh, and I have. I still have. I think a few more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna get rid of them. They're gonna disappear. I don't want to get rid of them all. But uh, so yeah, I grabbed those are the ones I grabbed from there uh, when they fell out. So that that was the first concert. Um, it's it, you know it's sentimental, but it's 
not my favorite, but it's it's my sentimental and it was kind of like a just a kind of mind blowing experience, I guess, the first time you see him. Um, so the my favorite would be this is hard because I have different favorites. I have like an unmasked favorite, and a masked, but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with a uh, Creatures of the Night tour. Uh, I I saw them three times as we. You know, I said before on that tour, but I'm trying to think which one was my favorite. Probably the first one, uh, probably Irvine. I was I was going to say that one. Great show. Yeah, because I didn't know what to expect on that one uh, because that was the first time seeing them on the creatures, and then I saw them two more times, so I kind of know what to expect. But the the first one was, was fantastic. We were up, you know, basically almost front row on that one and uh that was just an awesome awesome show um and uh you know i could switch to some other concerts but too but i think that was it i mean they were it was just they were firing on all cylinders and and uh just the whole experience and the take and you know the stage and and so on were great so that's the favorite for now it could change of course <laughs> it sometimes does uh, with Kiss, um, so the Effort one. Let me keep it clean here, folks. Effort. So um, that would be Crazy Nights tour. Uh, again, total opposite of the Creatures tour, where the Creatures were fire on all cylinders and they're energetic, they're into it, they're just, you know, not holding back anything. Then. Crazy Nights is just like they're just up there for a paycheck. Um, it's like that kind of thing. <laughs> Where did just you see there, them? Just, just showing up. That was in San Francisco. That was at the Civic in, in San Francisco. And that was... I wasn't close either, but uh, Anthrax opened for that, which didn't make sense for them to be opening for Kiss. It just didn't fit. Um, there was the mosh pit going on during the anthrax or people are running and crushing each other down there. I, I was glad I wasn't there when I saw that down at, uh, uh, on the floor. I was in some seats uh, off the side. So that was like, okay, I'm glad I wasn't down there for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, they were just, it was shorter show. It was no excitement. I think, I don't know if, how much pyro it even had. I don't think that was that much. It was just lackluster. I don't know. I, I came out. That's the only one I came out of it after the show, feeling like something's wrong, you know. Here, this this is not the way this, you know, Kiss should be. Didn't get your um, money's worth. It didn't. I didn't feel anything, uh, you know. Yeah, I didn't get my money's worth. That's for sure. So that was the bad. And I think there's a lot of people I've heard have talked about Crazy Nights as being not a good tour for them either when they saw them so that's that's it yeah i asked you where because i wanted to look up and see if i had a review of that show and uh i i just happened to and even the reviewer in the san francisco chronicle which has never been a very pro kiss kind never. of uh musical forum <laughs> i mean just comments uh you know, some years back, Kiss dispensed with the white and black makeup they used to wear on this tour, possibly a concession to the fact that they're not raking in the money like they used to. There are no fireworks, fire-breathing stunts, or bombs going off at the end of songs. All that's left is the four letters KISS and lights at the back of the stage. Um, 
Yeah. You know, that, yeah. Is, that is kind of the crazy night. That kind of sums it up. That's a theme that, you know, I've been working on the finishing up the Crazy Nights chapter of, on tour, and that is a common theme for that tour. But, you know, for me, yeah. having to go to a KISS concert and actually experience Bang Bang You, I, I, I just can't <laughs> fathom that. I mean, I, I don't even remember where Crazy Nights was, whether that tour was happening. It must have been. Um, I think they came to Binghamton, that tour, and I, I didn't go which kind of says everything about the effect that that album and era had on me, you know, even at the beginning of my fandom. So, you know, Anthrax as well makes me want to fucking hurl. Can't stand that band. So let's move on to the the next one. Wow, we, we need to get positive again after that. Uh, so album, I mean, yeah, we've done a lot of these oh, questions. They, they've kind of come up, you know, before on episodes. So this is just kind of bringing them all into one episode and doing a whole bunch of them for, for people who've heard these before. Obviously, my first album was Asylum. I'll say nothing more than that. Uh, favorite album, Rock and Roll Over. I've said that before. And uh, <coughs> least favorite album is obviously what I've just spoken about with Crazy Nights. And that takes it over anything by far just because of the emotions and there are some good pop songs on there you know musically bruce kulik is fantastic again on that there's some great guitar work but just for what it sums up for that period coming from a good rock album into a not good rock album and the image and everything very negative so straight back to you ken on that you know let's go through your albums for this question okay the first is um, the first Kiss album I bought was Alive 2. Yeah, that's how we've said that one before, where I rode my bike down to the drugstore and picked it up. So that was, I, I, I vividly remember that and, and grabbing it and bringing it home, uh, riding on my bike back and <laughs> showing my mom and the whole bit. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so that was the first one that got me, and that got me hooked. I was, you know, hooked forever now uh, since then. Um, then the. Uh, least favorite, right? Um, yeah. No, no. Your, next your one first was my favorite. Your first, favorite. First was that. Favorite. Okay, now favorite. Okay, the first one was uh, right. Now favorite. So favorite is Rock and Roll Over. Same as you, Julian. Um, that's that's a lot of people's favorite. Uh, um, just the has that Kiss sound, in my opinion, uh, the, the right sound captured. So that's it, and then. The F it one is, it's a hard one, <laughs> but I'm going to say, hmm, well, it's, it's hard. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Carnival Souls. It was a toss up between Carnival Souls and Crazy Nights for me, uh, but I decided Carnival Souls, even though there's some good stuff, again, on Carnival Souls that I do like, I do like, it's just too much of a downer for me yeah uh, that's i think that's the key if there wasn't so much a downer i would have enjoyed it a lot more because uh, the music's not bad really in general um even though crazy nights is over over polished but like you said it has good pop songs on there you know hook, good hooks so anyway it's it's i'll go with carnival souls today yeah, Carnival of Souls, I think, sounds better when it's sped up by 10% and the, you know, get right. <laughs> raise the pitch a little bit. And uh, that's one album can benefit from going on Chipmunks. Uh, Mark, how about you? <laughs> well, um, the first record 
that I ever got, and I think I said this in a prior episode, uh, I got for Christmas Alive for my sister, and that was my first Kiss album, and I was extremely excited when I got that record, being that it was my first Kiss record. My favorite Kiss record, as everybody knows, is Rock and Roll Over. It is the greatest Kiss album ever made, period. And, as you all know what's coming, my least favorite Kiss record is Destroyer. And as I said before, now now I think I've come to realize why that's happened. Not only because of the things I pointed out before with the production and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to bore you with all that again. But I think it's mainly also, too, because... As I mentioned, my sister played that from as far back as I can remember, and I think maybe a little bit of overplay might come into the picture here about that. I mean, if you've heard that record from the age of like six years old and nonstop in the house, and then, you know, it it will grind on you after a while, you know. I mean, that, that was out of my hands. I, She was, you know, six years older, seven years older, and if she wanted to play it, I had no say. She would bop me in the head, and that's the end of it, right? So there you go. Yeah, I, I kind of get it. What what I find when I I've listened to you know the originals too all week long, basically on just repeat, and what bothers me with Destroyer is the introduction to Detroit Rock City. Every time it repeats, you go through that freaking thing again, and it gets very tedious. Ooh. As does Rock and Roll Demons at the end. So I actually edited those out of my playlist so that I could just have the music, and it becomes a less intrusive. As a single product, one-time listener, one-at-a-time listen, fine. <clears throat> it starts off the album, and you're getting the, the story of the concept as you're going through. But, yeah, yeah. I, I can get the overplaying of that. It, it makes sense. Yeah, I like to, uh, to listen to Detroit Rock City off of uh, Double double Platinum. Double Platinum, yeah. A lot more, yeah. Yeah, and, and in some ways, you know, my brain still thinks of a lot of those songs on Double Platinum as the... Uh, you know, kind of the definitive ones because that was sure. the album I had more than, you know, before I got the actual studio albums the because, other because it was a compilation. You got more bang for yep. your buck by getting it. So those sounds and the subtle differences, you know, kind of stand out. Let's move on to the next question. And your first, your favorite, and your least favorite member of the band that you've met. For me, this is easy. You know, I don't remember the first, actually which is kind of weird, but, uh, shit, who was it? Oh, the first band member was Bruce, and that was back at the uh, Indie Kiss Expo uh, when I got to interview him, and that was, like, really cool. He was awesome, still is to this day. I mean, seeing him in L.A. just ambling on over and telling a random story to us was, you know, insanely cool, and just how friendly and relaxed he is. I mean, Bruce, awesome. Favorite... I'm going to say not favorite member, but favorite meeting of a member. And that was Peter Chris, 2003 World Domination meet and greet. Just because everyone was swarming Gene and Paul, of course. And Peter was kind of ignored, and I just got to spend a few minutes with him. I've said this before, you know, he was an absolute sweetheart then. And he was the same Peter, you know, 10 days ago. So that was my favorite. Least favorite. You know, I I really have not had an interaction with any member of the band 
that I could actually say was, oh, he was a dick versus maybe he was having a bad day, uh, was rushing, trying to give attention to everyone else. So I don't even want to try and say that any one of the members who, you know, I didn't have, you know, wonderful interactions with were, uh, you know, bad. You know, there are no efforts when it comes to meeting members of the band or interacting with them for me. You guys may have different ones. Uh, Ken, what about you? Well, the only times I've met them is, uh, like I said, the live, the first time were a live three um, meet and greet thing. That was, like I said before, is it went by so fast. They kind of shuffled you through so fast. So I can't even remember. Who, you know, it was the four members at at the time. I don't know who I technically met first, right? Um, so it's kind of the, the whole band at the time. <laughs> so that's I can't remember who was first. I know, I think Eric Singer was last in line uh, that I met, uh, but I'm not sure it was uh, Gene or Paul were first. You know that I met there. So that's a hard one. Uh, so I'm just gonna say the whole band at this time. Um, and then as for favorite. Uh, is that the favorite member or the favorite meeting of a member? Uh, favorite meeting. Well, favorite meeting of the member is going to be uh, Peter or Chris, <laughs> which was you know just more recently where I, I you know had a little bit more time um, and getting in a, a hug from him and and, and so on and just kind of small quick chat you know kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> that was a great experience, like you said. Um, Really nice guy, good spirits, and, and uh, it was awesome. You know, that's how I'd want it to be. So that was great. Uh, I'm glad I went and did that. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So least favorite. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go back to live three. <laughs> least favorite. All of them, right? But least favorite because we're just, you know, shuffled out of there. We're, you know, shuffled through this line to get something signed, but. It's like you're your cattle and you're being shuffled through the you know the stalls or whatever to get branded or something. <laughs> you know? That's, that's color, colorful way to put it. A, a, a kiss brand, right? With, you know? with a K. With a kiss, the K. Uh, <laughs> get tattooed for permanent tattoo for sure, scar. But uh, you know, the only thing I guess I, guess I could say Gene because out of that because he seemed so he was so just paying so much attention to the women there, which is not surprising uh, that he wasn't focusing on, you know, each individual person at all. I don't think really, he just kind of, but when it was a girl comes there, it was like, Oh, you know, he kind of perked up every time <laughs> it was a girl to come. So, yeah. So I, I would say that. Yeah. Well, there you go. Gender inequality the other way around. Mark, how about you? Well, for me, it's kind of simple. I mean, most of my uh, meetings with the KISS members happened, funny enough, through the NAMM shows when I went, and um, which is a good thing because unlike these kind of meet and greets where it's like, okay, here you go, get going, thank you, next, blah, blah, blah. This is a not open to the public situation, so they're just walking around like regular Joe Blows like everybody else. You can come up to them, talk to them, and depending on how you catch them in a mood or whatever, then you can be there and talking for a while. I mean, 
me and my drummer friend, we caught Nico McBrain once at the uh, Pasty Symbol place and talked to him for an hour and a half. And he didn't. We thought that we were bugging him. He was like, "No, nah, man, he didn't let. He didn't even care. We, he stuck around with us and walked around to various booths. It was it was unreal, actually, you know, to some degree. But um, but for the Kiss guys, my first and my favorite are the same person, Bruce Kulick. I met him at the Nam show three times at least i have a picture of him i'm sure people have seen it on my facebook with me and him and uh it's just fantastic he talks you know i met him at the esp booth the one time and we talked about guitars and you know we even talked about other things you know sometimes i like to try to keep it non-musical because then they don't feel like they're being swarmed by a fan that way you know what i mean so and it was really cool you know because uh we actually talked about pizza once. It was really odd because we were talking about going for for lunch or something, and he was talking about his favorite kinds of pizzas and stuff like that. But uh, mm-hmm. and anyway, um, yeah, it was really cool to talk to him, you know. And his is a I think he was she was still girlfriend at the time. I'm not sure if he was married at that point or not, but um, she was really nice too. So, like she was like, okay, do you want me to take a picture? She took my phone and you know took pictures of us, and it was really like unstressful very you know easy to talk to like you know you didn't feel like you were rushed you didn't feel like he was trying to just shove you off or nothing like that right and because everybody else there were musicians and stuff like that you didn't have one of these things where somebody just came in out of the blue like were like just totally ran in front of you hey bruce and they totally cut you off you know so it was good people were respectful when they saw that i was done talking to him then they maybe went up and started talking to him you know it was that's what i like and much like you guys I don't think I've had a bad experience at all with a Kiss person. I mean, I've seen Eric Singer. I've said hi to him a couple of times. You know, there I even saw Tommy Thayer at these things and talked to him. They're all nice guys. But I mean, my favorite person, hands down, is still Bruce. He's very easy to get along with. He's one of those guys I've always said that I wouldn't have an issue telling him to come back to my place and have a couple of beers or something. I wouldn't feel like he would, you know, trash the place, you know? So... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some, somehow I don't see Bruce throwing sofas out of windows. Yeah, no. or like getting so hammered, you know. Like you know, you get that thing. You know, if you met up with Chris Holmes or something and destroy your place, you know. But uh, you know, it's just he's he has such a good vibe to him. I really enjoyed hanging out with him, and I I have missed the last couple of nans because of you know certain situations. But now it is my plan for next January to start reattending them again so maybe i can get you guys some passive you can go all go and hang out that'd be cool Ooh, that'd be so fun. that'd be fun and yeah. of course people who are working for uh the expo had worked nam the week before so you know the the woman working the door leading into meeting peter you know she, she was mm-hmm. saying yeah i i just did nam i know what i'm doing yeah <laughs> yeah she, she certainly did all right let's move on to the next one video package yeah so first one for me was actually Kiss Exposed, and in in some ways that remains a favorite. It, it was you know the first video to come out after I'd become a fan, and you know back then, from what I recall, I'd seen Animalize Live Uncensored, but it was like really expensive. By the time Exposed came around, the price on videos had actually dropped. At least that's my recollection, or I had more money. One one of the two. I'd, I mean, I'd started working when I was fifteen, so. <clears throat> Had had enough money to buy that myself. Um, favorite, yeah. Now we get into diff- no, we don't. MTV Unplugged, <laughs> hands down, absolute mm. favorite. 
least favorite, I'm going to go kiss my ass. No, I'm not. Because Rock the Nation is even worse. <laughs> and Symphony. Shit. Rock the Nation or Symphony. Um, <laughs> I'll go with Symphony because it's the first one. And I have always bagged on the whole concept of Kiss with a Symphony. Uh, but the video was just so... And I've said this so many times, seizure-inducing in, in its fast edits. I don't like it. I don't like the angles. I don't like how the band looks. I don't like how they sound. I don't like anything about that video, including its stupid name, you know, Kiss Live for the Symphony or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I, I just... It, <laughs> yeah, that's not an effort. That's an erase it. Get rid of that thing. Let it go out of print and never be seen again. Um, Mark, let's go to videos for you. So... For me, much like everybody else, I think, my first introduction was Exposed. And um, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, because just like most other people, I, I think, there I had been not exposed to very much video stuff from KISS. And this was my real first introduction to like some of that black and white footage that they showed and stuff like that. And even just seeing them in that kind of humorous context, you know, was pretty funny and you know, it, it it opened up a new side of Kiss that I was kind of unaware of that they could be that you know, sort of humorous, right? Um, my favorite one has a little story to it, and that's the uh, Kissology Two package is my favorite, mainly because um, the night before I had gotten that, I was I was in the hospital because I had a kind of a bad react, well not a bad reaction, but I had just kind of realized at that point that I had bad diabetes at that point, right? I had just got that kind of figured out. Thankfully, now my diabetes is gone. I don't have to take no medication, no nothing. It's all being taken care of thanks to food and exercise, and that's not a public health announcement, but just letting you know what I did. Uh, so my diabetes is gone thanks to that. But what happened was I was in hospital. I was not feeling too great, and my girlfriend at the time mother who worked for the hospital found out where I was came in and surprised me with my girlfriend and they brought me the video the Kissology 2 and she arranged that they could bring in a little small portable DVD player for me in the room and I was able to you know those little flip up things yeah. with the screen yeah, and yeah. uh so I was able to watch it, and I'm telling you, for those three hours that I had, I had completely forgotten I was in the hospital. So that forever will be in my mind as a favorite because it really made me forget where I was and just enjoy music again and take me out of that moment. Um, my least favorite one, um, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to really think about which one I would say it is because. I'm trying to remember now, then the people, of course, are going to totally tomato me for saying this, but I can't remember the name of it. But it's that one documentary they put out just after Revenge came out. Um, what was the name of that again? Confidential? Confidential. That's it. Yeah. I, I didn't like that because it was so, they were so hammering on, you know, the whole Ace thing then. And they were, it was almost like they were revising Kiss history at that point just to make themselves look super cool, you know, and. Especially Genie was always trying to give that whole impression that, you know, like, you know, it just the way they came off on that video just really didn't sit well with me. And uh, that's it's just one that I never really watch very much at all just because of that. No, t totally get it. You know, it's, yeah, one of those. 
negative vibes. Ken, how about you? I think the first, I'm trying to think which ones came out first. I, because I had the uh, animal, Animalized Live Uncensored on VHS, I also had uh, the uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom on VHS. Do you know which one of those came out first? Availability on VHS? I can't remember. I want to say maybe Kiss Meets the Phantom yeah, would have come yeah. out first. Yeah, I, I think it's VHS. Phantom. I think it's Phantom. But, uh, uh, but I think so. I think the first one is Phantom. And I think it was kind of expensive. You know, back then it was wasn't cheap to buy a, a VHS um, of a new movie coming out. And uh, it's not like later on where it was you know uh easy you know you know 10 bucks or something but um i think so the, that, i think the original list for found was 59.99 back in the day when they first came I out think, wow. i think that's what i got it was like a lot of money that's at the time that was a lot of money <laughs> um so that was the first i believe and then uh my favorite though uh it's it's kind of hard i'm gonna have to say uh Kissology number one package because uh, I just, just like watching that you know the old stuff the early the early kiss when they're really you know raw and hungry and uh, a lot of good stuff and I kind of I kind of like you know one of my favorites is on that which is the Winterland in San Francisco yeah. which I love that black and white I just love that watching that one uh, that's one of my favorites to watch so Cosology and number one. Um, as for the effort, um, hmm, that's kind of a hard one. But I'm gonna have to say, it's you know, gosh, I don't know. It's it's so hard. Um, you you can totally cop out and say Vinnie Vincent Metal Tech. No, 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 no. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna go with like uh, Mark with uh, the confidential. Um, I didn't even like the way the they had the revenge, the sound, the the grainy, the grainy video kind of that they used for uh, that, you know, that uh, video um, of the concert. Um, it's just, I would have liked to have just a straight through concert, which nice clean video, uh, from that tour. Um, but it was just, and then, and just the, this, the goofy stuff that they tried to do at the beginning. And then, and then the, I think they had then the woman that, you know, crushed the beer can between her, mm. uh, breasts i think on that one i don't know it was something like that some crazy stuff i'm like uh you don't need this just give me the music on this um but even the, the video for the music wasn't that the quality i didn't like it i didn't like the way they shot it so that's the one that's my least favorite actually you know what sorry guys i i know which one i'm talking about the, the, the one i hated a little it's extreme close-up that's the one i didn't like oh really you don't like that yeah I yeah like, that, that was the one that's the documentary yeah that's the one, not not the other one, not confidential. That one I like, even though, yeah, they bashed them, but uh, yeah. Sorry, go on. Confidential, no, no, the, the primarily the concert one. I, I'm losing yeah. track of these freaking videos all these years on. I mean, <laughs> dementia set in. Um, An extreme close-up was the more interview-ish, 
interspersed yeah. ones with the negative. So, shit, I have to go watch those. I mean, I've got problems with Kissology just with how chopped up that stuff is, how poor. I, again, it's yeah. been a common theme through a lot of the Kiss videos. Kiss Master is another good example. You had some really good shit on there. I mean, there's Third Night of Detroit 76 being used, but you've got some very poor video sources for other stuff. And I mean, asking fans to send us stuff so we can put out a video. Well, then you get to Kissology, and there are versions that fans have done of Winterland that blow what they actually released out of the water. A lot of it's subjective to what your eyes, you know, works for you, but... Uh, you know, leaving stuff out like copies of Beth or, you know, chopping up the set list throughout the Kissology series is something that still bothers me. But yeah. not, not enough to put problem. any, not enough to put them on an effort list because as a package, they were still extremely good. Let's move into um, Daniel. Sorry, you couldn't join us uh, today, <laughs> but did uh, give us some questions. And <laughs> all right. Uh, Gene Simmons' 1980s unmasked look. Look, your first, your favorite, and your least. So, Oof. Daniel, well, thanks, thanks a lot for that. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So, the first time I saw him out of makeup would obviously have been "Tears Are Falling" video. So, you know, that's Oof. my first, my fa my favorite look for him. In the 80s, I got to go all the way to the end of the 80s and say anything off Hot in the Shade was a damn sight better unmasked than he started out on. Um, Lick It Up's not as bad as he certainly became for Animal Eyes, Asylum, Crazy Nights. But uh, And then the least favorite for him in the 80s for me would have to be Asylum. I mean, the Maud Army look is just not very good. So that's that's quick and easy. <laughs> Mark, let's go back to you on Gene Simmons' 1980 unmasked look. Well, the first one I remember a lot because, again, with my sister, she was all raving about this whole, you know, kiss being out of makeup there. And uh, when we were able to finally catch the video of Lick It Up, that was my first uh, kind of introduction of Gene out of makeup, which was interesting because when you see them just walking with just their legs there you're like okay, well, who's who's who and you kind of like for that second try to guess and then of course it's very obvious when he starts singing and he's sticking his tongue out who it is right so uh there's that was that uh my favorite look i'll have to go with uh julian i have to agree that hot in the shade is probably the only period that he was at least bearable in his look at that time um but uh my least favorite as well has got to be and as much as I love the, the album to death, is Asylum. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking or who was thinking what when they were getting dressed in that time because it's just too much neon, man. What are they thinking? God, like, that's terrible. It's like a Cindy Lauper video or something. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes with Gene, it's hard to differentiate between his look and his wigs at the time. Um, <laughs> you know, the animalized wig is certainly a little easier on the eye than the, say, the Asylum wig. Uh, but, you know, that's just how trite it has become. Ken, how about you? Yeah, the first time was <clears throat> I saw the actual, when it originally, you know, the live airing of the unmasking and the uh, video premiere on MTV. So I saw it right when it happened. Um, so that was the first time I saw Gene. So that was interesting, <laughs> seeing him without makeup. And then... Um, the favorite look unmasked I, I would say the revenge the revenge uh look oh it's 80s huh 
Yeah. yeah. 80s. <laughs> oh, I can't. That's okay. I can't do that. Then. So I'm going to I'm gonna be like you. I'm going to. The only safe option. Go hot in the shade. Hot in the shade uh, would be it. Um, since that was barely made it. So uh, hot in the shade would work for me on that. Um, and then least again yeah like you guys the asylum <laughs> look was just just bad you know you know what though um i don't know if he used as much makeup on his face and see it was the outfit was the maybe the worst part of it so of that look i think even look it up uh when like when they went on tour and they were wearing that makeup it was it was really bad looking I mean, I'm going to put Lick It Up, actually. I'm going to change Lick It Up to the worst look on wow. stage. On stage. Because they had the the red yeah. and the whole, yeah. and their eyes were, you know, it was just, no, this is, this doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah, I think they're guilty then of inspiring Poison's look. Uh, you know, they, I think so. They didn't really take the makeup off when you think about it because they were still using a shitload of makeup and not looking uh-huh. very good. I mean, looking like a prostitute on a bad night. Um, okay, Daniel's got some music ones in here that was kind of geared to him, so I think at least two of us will be able to answer one of these. Guitar riff, the first one you played, um, and we'll split this up into two. So your your favorite guitar riff your first guitar riff that you played, your favorite guitar riff, and your least favorite. For me, that's kind of difficult to remember. Um, I'm pretty sure my first was She, because it was slow, and I think it was something that I was able to handle uh, early on playing guitar. Favorite, to this day, um, The Oath. (laughs) I just love playing that riff. It's just one of those ones, you know, that in Detroit Rock City. So there, I'm going to double up. My least favorite, you know, I, I don't think I have any. I've I've never tried to play anything off Crazy Night, so can't go can't go there. Um, you know, I, I don't have a least favorite one because anything I haven't wanted to play from Kiss, I simply haven't wanted to play. I like them, so I play them. So that's easy. Mark, what about you? Um, well, it's interesting because when I started playing in bands. Um, we never played Kiss until much later in some of my bands. Like the first couple of bands that I was in, we did a lot of like Rush covers and stuff like that because you know we were totally into that. That's what we were grow, grew up with, and uh, you know we really enjoyed playing that kind of stuff. And then when I made my other band, when I the first band I had a second guitar player in the band, he was really into Kiss. Like he he reignited my second phase of Kiss loving. Like he had everything, like plaqued on the wall all the posters and everything he had everything signed he had it was just unbelievable his house you know and like even like his living room and like his wife had absolutely no say on the decor of the house at all right and uh he he loved kiss so the first song that i ever played and learned because of that was deuce because we played it in our band and we actually ended up playing it as part of our stage show um my favorite thing to play from kiss now that's interesting because while it's not the most technically challenging one i love playing it because at one point in our career uh they had me not only play it but they had me sing it which was interesting because it actually went over pretty well was love gun um so 
that's one that's firmly etched in my memory is one that I enjoy playing and you know it was fun to do because not only did I play just the regular parts but they had me do all those little higher up parts that Ace would do and sing which is a little bit more challenging right so that's a interesting one and one as far as not one that I don't like I don't I don't think there's like playing Kiss songs on guitar is never not fun. So I can't really pick out something that I don't like playing on guitar that's from Kiss. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe I would say something like I don't know, of, uh, uh, I don't know, like maybe like Mainline or something that's really simple. That's or maybe too overly simple. But even that's it's just fun. It's kind of sort of like a twelve bar thing that you would play with a you know some guys in the basement and just have fun you know but like i said i don't think there's anything that i dislike because it's just if one thing that's for sure is playing kiss songs on guitar is just fun so that's yeah. why i love playing them totally good heavy ken any guitar for you i had a I I dabbled in guitar i don't have a guitar anymore or anything but back in the early 80s i i got one i had a finished stratocaster uh, left left-handed <laughs> model. Um, uh, I I remember around that same time uh, the first one I think I tried, and then we're talking Kiss songs, right? So um, I think it was uh, War Machine. Mm. I want to say. Always cool. I, I, I remember I remember doing that. I thought, oh, this is so cool, you know. I'm playing War Machine, you know. <laughs> <This kind of thing. laughs> so. Uh, but, um, yeah, I did that, and then I don't know about favorite. Oh yeah, and then uh, the other one. Uh, so that was cool. That was the first one. Favorite one, I think it's like Mark. It lo- uh, Love Gun. I actually was doing Love Gun too, because um, it's just a cool, very cool riff. Uh, so and it's not too difficult. Like <laughs> that's why I did it, because I, I wasn't very good, but I was good enough to pull it off. So that off, and then. Um, so there's no effort, um, you know. I I didn't stick with it, unfortunately. I probably should have. Uh, I keep thinking of today where I should try to learn, really f- properly learn. Uh, and uh, you know, I thought about getting, you know, that you can buy that Rocksmith and get a guitar and try to do that kind of thing, uh, self-teach kind of thing. But uh, yeah, um, that that was it. Those are the. Uh, I again, I don't have a guitar anymore. I, but I'd like to get try it again. Get, never get, too too late. Never never too late to noodle around. So you know, let's right. let's stick on this. Have you done any bass? No Talking bass. to me or to? No, I'm still on Ken because I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to bass. Bass? Work. No, no. But you know what? That bass always interested me because uh, I could see myself getting into that because I always loved bass lines, uh, especially you know the Paul McCartney type oh, stuff yeah. running. Uh, and when Gene when Gene does that that kind of stuff uh, that makes the Kiss songs that much better, um, and and I can sometimes I can listen to stuff uh, other songs maybe even by other artists and I can hear stuff in my head where man I would I would have played bass differently on this like you know I would have played more like the McCartney type kind of thing I could hear it in my head uh, I was like oh I get, but you know I, I no. Never did it or anything, no. Now, sometimes bass jumps out at you, and there's still... <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, whenever 
I'm listening to 107.7 The Bone. I'm, if they play Journey, you're nearly guaranteed it to be mm-hmm. Wheel in the Sky. And when that bass line, <laughs> I'm just, I'm always in awe. I just, if I hear, there's such good separation on the radio to mm-hmm. hear where they're going on that. Uh, obviously, I got a bass a few years ago just for my own stuff, so I don't really play a lot of any kiss stuff other the first one i did try was hundred thousand years it's kind of obvious when you think of bass mm. and kiss oh yeah, yeah um as far as other songs go my favorite is mr blackwell so i just oh. love i love the brooding yeah. kind of anger and right. attack on that on the bass <laughs> and and that's all i those are the two that i've worked on with kiss so there is no least favorite because again like with guitar if i don't like it i haven't tried it so mark what about you um, yeah, I mean, I have bass guitars here, just actually right behind me, I have my bass guitar. And uh, like you, Julian, I mean, I have it mainly because for songwriting. I mean, I'm writing songs all the time, and, you know, it's always handy to have the bass here. I have my keyboard here on the side here, too, for all my keyboard stuff. And, you know, I got pretty much everything I need to make a full record. So I play bass all the time, and uh, I'm, there was a there was a time when I was... And I do this quite often, actually. It's funny that you brought this up because when I prepare to do my tracking for for any records that I'm doing, you have to get yourself back into gear again. And I find that sometimes if you're not playing enough, then it shows. You get a little rusty on some of your stuff. So what I love to do was take records that I enjoyed the bass on, put them in my player, and I jam along on the bass. And one of them that was interesting, because Gene doesn't play hardly any bass on it, is his solo record. I really enjoyed jamming on like radioactive and stuff like that on bass and there's other records too like creatures of the night is a great record to play bass with and he didn't play hardly any bass on that either but you know but if you even pull out like rock and roll over and start you know playing stuff you know like i want you and calling dr love and stuff like that i mean it's just it's not rocket science of it but you know it's just it learned teaches you how to play in a pocket and to listen to you know the kick and snare and listen to the hi-hat and but i mean if when you're talking about mccartney stuff for example if you're a bass player you you want to sit down and learn going blind that's a definitely a song that requires oh, some yeah. listening yeah. and some playing and even like you know uh, coming home the unplugged mtv version how he did it i mean there's some really nice bass lines he's doing on there i mean just to sit down and play that accurately takes a little bit more playing and listening skill than you would probably think you know i think gene sometimes is a very underrated bass player in that sense yeah what i like about bass is that it's a good workout for the fingers as well you know you, you play bass for an extended period you know maybe a few days and then you switch back to guitar and all of a sudden your fingers feel light and loosened and oh yeah you know you're, you're kind of flying over the fretboard and the arthritis has disappeared for a little bit so you know it's all it's always fun it's just nice to noodle around i mean um, you know, I, I actually love playing Metallica's Justice for All because it doesn't have any fucking bass on it and then I can make up my yeah. own bass lines for it. Yeah, you, you, know, you know, not very good, but you know, I'm not I'm not a <laughs> professional musician by any stretch. I just do this for entertainment. So let's move on to the next one. Um you know, we were asking this at the expo and other than Ace Fairly Still album, what was your first you know, you know? First solo, first Kiss solo album, favorite Kiss solo album, and least favorite. For me, um, my first and my favorite, from my, best I can recall, is Paul Stanley. 
So I was not one of those people who answered that question. You know, Ace Frehley is my favorite Kiss album. Paul Stanley's is. Always has been. Always will be. Uh, simple as that. Um, least favorite. I'm going with jeans on this. Uh, just because it's so much kitchen sink. It's so pretentious. It's so name-dropping and all that. There's some very good music on it, without a doubt. But it's because it doesn't really showcase Gene. Um, I think he should have been on bass on it. He should have been on guitar as well. He should have made it, you know, a little less pompous. You know, you don't need Janice Ian. You don't need Helen Reddy. You don't need all these names when you're Gene Simmons. And as good as See You Tonight is, you know, it, it just kind of ruins it, all the, all those unnecessary guests. Um, and, and Peter's doesn't get a mention because I I still think his is the most honest. So... Uh, Ken, first solo album, favorite and least? Well, the first, I bought two originally at the same time when they came out. Uh, so the, I went to the record store and I bought, the first two I bought were Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. Mm. And and probably I grabbed Gene Simmons first because of uh, when I first got into them back then, you know, I was into more of his stuff, uh, you know, I loved, you know, Calling Dr. Love and Christine 16, uh, that was on uh, Alive 2. Uh, so I used to listen to that all the time. So, uh, so it was Gene and Paul, uh, favorite, my, my original favorite was Gene, really. And maybe, I don't know, they're all kind of my favorite now, nowadays, but back then it was Gene. Now it's, I like I like them all. They're all their own kind of thing, entity. They're all different, so different from each other, really, uh, that I like them. Uh, you know, I, I like Gene's because he is doing different stuff and not pigeonholed into something. Um, I, that he, like, took some risks, you know, with some, some of the stuff he did. So, you know, then on the other hand, you know, Ace is straight ahead, you know just rocks out the whole way um and you know and paul's the kiss sound pretty much closest um and you know peter like you said is expected so i if you ask me today i like them all in their own way and so as an effort i i i i can't because I, I i like them all in their for their own little uh things that they did on that is a politician worthy answer ken and i'm i'm totally <laughs> voting for you in the election uh mark oh, how about ken. you how about you mark <laughs> well um i remember when i got the solo albums the first time like when back when i was younger you know i i didn't really focus on much of those things i probably didn't even realize that they had those for a little while when i was younger um but when my Love of Kiss got reignited again. I started looking for all the CDs and stuff like that. And I remember the first, the solo records I got was Aces. Because, you know, I thought right away, you know, Ace, you know, guitar, it's going to be a good good album. And it, and it was. And it's there's nothing that you can say negative in terms of the playing and the writing on that album. Now, favorite, this is the interesting part, because... Depending on the day or the week, this changes a lot. Now, it changes always between two records, and that's always between Paul's and Ace's. Now, 
right now, I'd have to go with Paul's, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm right now in that mode where I'm starting to rethink about maybe writing some more songs for record number three of mine. So whenever I get into this kind of mode, I get very much into songwriting. Now, what I think Paul's album has over Aces is that he decided to maybe branch out a little bit more than Ace did. I think Ace really just stuck with what he was good with and just kind of kept down that path. And that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with his record at all. But, I mean, Paul will give you, like, See You Tonight, uh, Tonight You Belong to Me, and then he'll also do Take Me Away Together as One, which is definitely a bit different. You know, that kind of has a bit of a more, you know, more branched out style of playing right but it also has the ballad too which is kind of where you're like eh, you know but overall i think that paul maybe you know gave gave a listener a little bit more variety whereas aces is just you know strap on the guitar turn up the marshall and just play and there's nothing wrong with that i i think that's fine so i'm gonna go with paul right now i think paul's kind of sits with me a bit better um the fu um surprisingly or not is i was gonna say that do we have to use the 78 solo records no because my final question the next one is going to be the non-kiss ones okay so okay so so uh the so for the 78 i'll have to go with peter and it's not for the obvious reason you know it's oh it's totally wrong it's just because i think that while he was true to his roots i think the, the thing that bugs me about that record is that he must have known in the back of his mind that people would have wanted to have at least heard one or two songs in the style of Black Diamond or in the style of, you know, Getaway or something. And even knowing full well that he didn't give us any of that. So that's what kind of sits badly with me on that is that he purpose. It's almost like he purposefully said, OK, I know you guys want me to do this, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to do all my kind of soul and R&B flavored stuff. And that's fine. I mean. You know, Gene Simmons's record of lately has gone up a lot higher than it was before, and mainly because, again, this is kind of this audio nerd kind of answer, but I was listening to the 2014 reissues, and on my old kind of, you know, tube record player out downstairs system, system there, and it sounds really, really good, and the production of that record kind of elevated it a little bit higher than it was in my standings of late, but still, my least favorite has got to be Peter's, and mainly for that reason that I just stated, so... Yeah, Sean Delaney and Gene Simmons did a good job copying Bob Ezrin's production style on Gene's mm. album, without a doubt. You know, right down to the Ron Frangiapani, Frangiapan, whatever, however you say his surname. Um, you know, introduction to Radioactive. So a, yeah. lot of, a lot of the elements there. That's why I find it a little bit overproduced. Um, my last question, and then we'll just get to a couple of the ones that you've prepared, Mark, is uh, first favorite and least of the non-kiss studio albums my first one was frelly's comet um obviously getting into the band at that time that was in tonight was on mtv loved it then love it now a lot of that album i don't love but that song i still do like um favorite now that's really really difficult when uh you know when it comes down to it i'm gonna have to you know, we sang the praises of BK3 the other day, but when I think of every single album, which would be the one that I reach for, what would I want to listen to? It's going to be the one that was The Hunt, the one I found in Singapore on cassette, and that is Peter Chris Out of Control. To this day, I adore that album. 
from start to finish. I love the guitar tones. I love the, you know, it is everything that you've just criticized his 78 album for being, Mark. He rectifies mm -hmm. with that. It's rock and roll. It's decent rock and roll. Um, and it was one that, you know, I thoroughly enjoy. It had some ballads on it, but nothing too syrupy, nothing too R&B, much more straightforward. So, you know, I think if I'm going to reach for a Kiss solo album, a non-Kiss solo album, it's not going to be White Tiger. It's going to be Peter Chris out of control. And then for the one that I would get rid of completely, man, um, White Tiger doesn't do a thing for me. That that's just oh. that is just cacophony of noise. It's just too many notes jammed in there for the wrong reason. Without the songwriting, they were you know decent musicians, and you know Donato could certainly sing. But none of those pieces come together in a unified form for me. So, um, you know, God rest him. You know, he's, his birthday was recent, you know, Mark St. John. But that album just is dreadful. Um, Ken, what about you for the non-Kiss solo albums? Well, first, like you said, and it's the same uh, as Fraley's comment, the first one when it came out, I was going to get that right away. So that was uh, the first one. Uh Favorite, yeah, it's hard, but I, I'm gonna st still because there's not a lot to choose from, uh, but I'm gonna mm -hmm. stick with, I'm gonna stick with Fraley's comment on that one as favorite, because I, I like that one a lot. I mean, that's my favorite of his. I mean, Trouble Walking's good, and and I actually I like Space Invader a lot. Um, uh, but uh, I'm gonna go with that, the first one. It has some great, great songs on that uh, album. Um, as for least favorite, I'm gonna I might agree with you on uh, White Tiger. <laughs> uh, I think I heard it and I, I didn't. I think I don't know if my friend bought it or what, but it was enough to tell me like I, I'm not even buying it. It's like mm -mm, this is this is not that good. So uh, it wasn't even something I would put my money on. And, and purchase so that's the one yeah I'm, I'm, it. yeah it, it seems a little harsh i did like the work he did um on the mark mark st john ep and there's some good stuff on the magic bullet theory cd so there is some good mark st john music out there i'm surprised of you actually that freely's comet was your first you know with being a fan way back i thought obviously Vinny had the first i think actually white tiger had the first and Vinny. You know, one of them, you know, were the first releases that you would have had one of those. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's possible. Now, Vinny, yeah, Vinny, right? Vinny. Uh, yeah. So he, it, it beat him. Yeah, Vinny came out first, huh? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, all right. So Vinny's a first. Let me fix that because <laughs> I forgot about Vinny. It's, sorry, Vinny. But the first one was Vinny. Uh, but my favorite, I'll, I'll stick with Fraley's comment. Cool. Mark, how about you? Well, um, as far as my first one, I'll definitely have to say that it was um, the first Freely's Comet record. I remember uh, getting that and still still love that record to this day. Um, it's kind of sat with me nicely and it's far from the worst thing he's ever done. That's for damn sure. Um, my favorite solo record um it's interesting because I, I really have to think about this for a while. Um, I really like Anomaly. When that came out, I 
I was surprised. Um, there was there's obviously things on it that are not great, but I think the 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 good stuff outweighs the hard. When I listen to the first couple of songs on that record, I I, I enjoy it. I mean, sure, it's not exactly you know, you know, the greatest lyrics. It's not you know, high grade educational lyrics or something. But it's I think overall, it it just it's one of those records where I can put it on, and I can do a lot of things around the house, and I can really groove to it and get into it. And I and I've I've always liked it. I mean, I have Space Invader. And I, I like that one too, but for some reason, Anomaly just seems to keep my attention a bit longer for some reason. I'm not really sure why, but I think that's a fact. Um, my least favorite one, uh, being a guitar player, most people might be surprised with this selection, but my least favorite one is the first Vinnie Vincent Invasion record. I really don't like those guitar solos. I remember when I first got that album, uh, and I just bought it again not long ago on vinyl because one of the guys that owns a record store here that I frequent, he kind of texted me, he goes, hey, Mark, uh, I got a really nice, nice, like almost near mint copy of a Vinnie Vincent Invasion's first record. Do you want it? I'll give you cut you a deal. I'm like, okay. So I went down and grabbed it and uh, brought it home. And mistake, mistake, I put it on headphones and listened to it. And I was like, by the end of it, I was like, oh my God, like just his solos were just, just, they're just ripping into my brain, like just how they sounded after a while. It's just, I much like the second record better, to be honest with you. And uh, but this this first one just it it just doesn't sit well with me. And ever since I've had it, it's been sitting nicely in its position in my Kiss collection and never been pulled out again to be played. So yeah, an interesting comments there and. Uh... I think the the only thing I want to really mention about Frilly's Comet is I think that's the worst album Eddie Kramer's done with Ace in terms mm. of his production. I, I just find it soft. Yeah. It needs edge. It needs roughness. But I, I'm just not a fan of Todd there. And I think Richie would have been a way better you know, Frelly's Comet album with his mm-hmm. contributions to the band. And that, that's always been one. And Dolls is on there. So, yeah. Vinny. All right, so you've got a couple of questions before we wrap up. So why don't we get to yours? I've I've spoken okay. enough today. Well, mine are maybe not the most common questions, but hopefully they might be cool enough for you guys to uh, discuss. And I'll go through mine quickly while I do this. So my three, the favorite, well, first favorite and least favorite, are Kiss posters. So my first poster I ever had was the one from the Dynasty album. I remember my sister had it when she bought hers, and she gave it to me, and I put it in my bedroom, and I hung it on my wall, and that was my very first Kiss poster. Now, my my favorite one, hands down, has got to be this one. Now, people probably will probably feel, oh, for somebody who doesn't like Destroyer, why does he like that? Uh, that's it's yeah. that whole you know spirit of 76 oh, yeah. poster classic yeah. is definitely my favorite one wasn't and there, my wasn't, least wasn't there a cool black light one of those ken do you remember those from way back of that one yeah uh, i don't i don't know i had a black light one a different one but uh i don't know i don't think i ever saw one of that one on black light but it's very possible my my least one is, and I, the reason why it's kind of my least favorite one is I remember when I got it, I kind of thought that this looked kind of like, you know, all the other ones like that, uh, like even the one on top of the Empire State Building, 
it had a very group collective to it. So did the Spirit of 76. They were all together and stuff. This one looked like it was like a cotton paste job. And they just did it just for the sake of making another poster. And that was this. Oops, this one here. Ah, shit. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. That one there. I always thought that this was kind of a weak attempt at a poster. So that's... <laughs> That's my least favorite Kiss, po- and I'm and I'm sure there's other ones I wouldn't like, but I'm just talking of the ones that I actually physically own. So, out of those ones, that's my least favorite one. Nah. I also have just just sorry, just to mention, I also have that Kiss Alive three one where Gene's blowing the fire. We had that in our rehearsal spot for the longest time as an honorable mention. Nice, good question. All right, what's well, mine? My first Kiss poster was probably the one that came in the Kiss Exposed or Kiss Live magazine that they put out uh, around the time of Exposed and it was the Creatures press conference photo of them on the stage um, you know, I think oh, yeah. I think it had kind of the the pyro going off behind them they're all just standing like they're doing their encore at the end of it. That was my first probably. Um, my favorite has got to be I think it, it's Tivoli Gardens, Sweden and it's them on the wooden stage. It's just this giant wooden background and backdrop, and they're just posing. That's my favorite. I had that in Singapore, and uh, you know, when I moved out, it got trashed. Least favorite? I don't have any least favorite. If I didn't like them, I never bought them. And poster-wise, um, if I didn't like them, it didn't really register. Simple as that. So I, I can't think of any poster that jumps out at me that I, I don't like, because I only really can visualize the ones that you know, stuck with me. So easy, yeah. easy as that. Ken, it's hard because I'm trying to remember back which one I bought first. But I'm thinking I bought the Kiss Love Gun poster, the foil, uh, foil one. You know, they had the the shiny silver in the in the in the poster. Um, that one was very. I think I still have it. Actually, that one, one of the few I still have. Um, though I think it's a little bit bent up or wrinkled, um, but I'm you know, just going to try to straighten it out and see if I can get it back up on the wall. Um, but I bought that back, yeah, probably seventy. Yeah, it's probably seventy-seven, seventy-eight. I bought that. Um, so that's the first one. Uh, favorite, I would say, uh, the the one, the promo poster for Creatures of the Night, the hottest band in the oh, world shit. poster, the yeah, blue one. Yeah, that's I feel I had that. I had that poster, and I used to ha- I had it in my garage uh, for a long time, and it got it got messed Gnarly. up, and ripped, and everything. Uh, and unfortunately, I I, uh, I messed it up. So the only one I have of that now is the one that came with the Casteria. Oh yeah, that's right. Box had the small version of it, right? Um, but yeah, I'd like to have that original. I'd like to find the original again. I know they sell them out there, but. Yeah, so that's the favorite one because that's just a cool, iconic kind of picture. Um, and then least favorite, I don't know. I can't pick out one. There was, I'm sure there was plenty I saw. Probably one that maybe came out of a magazine that was just goofy or or printed backwards where Paul stars on the wrong eye kind of thing. <laughs> you know, something like that. It's like, ah, I would never put that up on the wall because it doesn't look right because Paul's not, you know makeup is reversed um, so yeah it's hard to pick a least favorite or, or, or just pick one from crazy nights 
<laughs> yes. Uh, anything that has a resemblance of the back cover of Crazy Nights, forget it. Oh, God, yeah. But there was a really good one from Crazy Nights, which was kind of like live shots of the band with the broken glass um, effect mm. over it that I had. That was really cool, so I can't I can't bag on all Crazy Nights that are posted. That was cool. Yeah. All right, Mark, next one. Okay, so I have two two other ones, but I'll go... This one might be really difficult because I think this is a very, very, very recording studio nerdish type question, but um, what is your uh, first... Uh, I'm trying to think if I actually did... If I actually found three of these or not, so just deal... Oh, yeah, yeah. Their, their first uh, favorite and least favorite... Studio picture of Kiss. Now, I'll show you my favorite, my first actually picture I've ever saw of Kiss, and I thought this was really cool, was when they were with Bogart yep. in the studio. That's the very first picture that I ever saw in the studio, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, you know, Gene looks overly happy. He must have been, you know, must have got paid or something that day or something, because they, it looks really joyous, and I like that kind of environment. Uh, the very, my favorite picture and i'll explain why I, this is my favorite i don't know if you guys have seen this one before or not but uh it's a picture of peter sitting smoking mm. a cigarette by the mixing board yeah. and i kind of like that because to me that kind of almost represents what it's like you know you're in there you're breaking your balls doing something you know trying to get a good take of something and obviously if he's in makeup i'm not sure if this is just <laughs> You know, they're that, obviously not. Re- that, that's, not that's probably but... Destroyer. That's probably the uh, symphony. Uh, yeah, the way they recorded the symphony. Mm-hmm. But I'm just getting. But the but the whole vibe of the picture. I mean, I'm not that dumb to think that he was actually recording that day. But you know, he. I just like that vibe of that picture. Because sure. because even if you can, if you took the makeup off of him and put him in street clothes, it would give me the same kind of meaning. You know what I mean? Like. You're in there, you're doing your work, and you know you're taking a quick cigarette break in between. Now, the least favorite picture that I have, or my least favorite picture of Kiss in the studio, and I'll just get it here really quickly. Just bear with me, um, and I'll tell you why. Here, here it is. They're in the studio. This is for the remix of Forever. They were in the studio doing mm-hmm. the remix, the 12-inch remix. And the reason why I don't like this picture is because of what it represents to me. It's just those two guys. Like, it's like the mm. other two guys didn't matter in anything or didn't have a say in mm. the matter or nothing. So I'd never really liked this picture of them in the studio. When I think of studio, I think of a full band. Like, you saw, like, those Sonic Boom kind of pictures and outtakes where you saw mm-hmm. all four of them in there together. When I see something like that, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. It's like, well, what, Bruce didn't have a say or nothing about the song? Like, you know... That's what I didn't like that picture. So that's the three of that. All right. So I'll, I'll just jump in with my first was obviously the the Gene Simmons just in a hash brownie uh, with Neil Bogart picture from '75. The first one you showed. That's the first one I ever saw of them in the studio. I was like, why are they wearing suits in the studio? You know. But there you go. Back then, I didn't have a clue. Um, and that is my favorite as well. Simple as that. I, I think my least favorite is um, not of Kiss per se, but it's Gene Simmons in the studio with Keel. And I think it was uh, the mm. cover of the Easier Said Than Done promo. And he just looks, yeah. you know, number one, it rep- what it represents of him putting his focus elsewhere rather than investing into Kiss. And he just doesn't look good. He looks like 
some dude trying to look like a businessman and <clears throat> it just rubs me completely the wrong way the you know if they had more photos of the sonic boom stuff then that would be very cool as well for for that matter ken how about you i'm trying to think of the first time i've seen uh actually saw but it's, it's probably the destroyer stuff with bob Ezrin, where they were in the studio with bob Ezrin, and it may have been that yeah like the symphony or when they mm-hmm. brought in the orchestra or whatever uh for that shoot uh they were doing then so i think that's the first um my favorite is that one old picture that i seen with it was like paul and gene recording in the studio this uh, i think i want to say it's from the first album uh one of those photos where oh yeah paul sandy has that you know you know those funky flat hats you know Oh, yeah. how I call it, pimp hat or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back in the, yeah that 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 photo where they're where they're 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 sitting at the I think they're at the microphone and they're singing and and uh, it, I don't even know if they had a guitar on at that time, but that that's just cool to me thinking about how they looked when they were recording like the first album or something. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of yeah my favorite. Uh, then least favorite I don't know. I I can't think of one. I probably seen one. That I thought, oh, why, why, you know, um, why take a picture or whatever. Um, so I can't think of a effort. As you can um, tell, I've overthought this a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, take us into our last question mark, and then we'll uh, okay, so, wrap this show up. Okay, so the last one is actually just a, a, a favorite and least favorite because it just you can't really do a first with this, and I'll explain. Uh, what is your favorite go-to? pressing of a kiss record that you listen to and what is your least favorite kiss record that you listen to now mine my favorite one that i listen to frequently is destroyer i mean just destroyer the dress to kill but it's the it's the uh the 85 pressing can you see it oh, there? Yeah. okay barcode yeah yeah that that one i I really like this one, um, and because I, I have some of the other ones. I have the 2014. I got like the Netherlands pressing, and I got some of the other ones. But this one, uh, I believe, is another Alan Zentz one that he did. Okay, and, that's and, what I was gonna say. Was that an Alan Zentz? All, yeah, all and stuff? I really, I really liked it. I'm pretty, I'm pretty damn sure that it is. If that's not, the AZ. Yeah, it might have actually even might have been that True Tone one, and I know those True Tone ones are really good as well. I'm trying to think here, Alan Zentz. Yeah, that's yeah, that's on side B. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's the Alan Zenz one. It's really, okay. I really, really yeah. like that listening to this one. Now, my least favorite, and I'll explain why, is mm-hmm. the 2014 of this one. Yeah. Now, why yeah. do I dislike that one? Is because when I when I listened to it at first, and then I found out later on that they used the wrong master tapes for it. I was like, it was a really big disappointment for me because I was just waiting for that version of it. But luckily, I have a Brazilian press of it that has the original version of it on vinyl, so I'm I'm happy. I at least have one really nice copy of it. But that really, that really bothered me, you know, because you go out and you drop like near thirty bucks or whatever it was for a beautiful new version of it, and you put it on, and you're like, well, wait a minute, this doesn't sound right. Like it's right off the bat, like. Because that dead giveaway is on creatures when at the ending when he hits that last drum note he has that trailing reverb in it and it's not on here 
it's that's from the remix, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and that's that kind of really bugged me because you know, money is money, and you don't want to drop money on something that you don't want, right? So, that's why for me it's kind of a disappointment that pressing of it. Okay, Ken, how about you? Uh, I'm gonna say my favorite one to go through that to me it just sounds so you know great um, as a pressing is the the first kiss album white label promo that thing just sounds fantastic it comes out of the speakers it's like wow this this is really good it sounds so clear and you know it's I don't know it just sounds great uh, over later later pressings um, of it of the album um, so that one would be the the favorite one to go to um, listen to um, uh, that's before of course they put before they put kissing time on and all that stuff so um, uh, then what's the other one <laughs> least. Uh, least oh favorite. the least the least favorite. well you know yeah you bringing up that is is one um that really bothers me. You know what? I'm gonna this is what I'm gonna say least favorite for right now. I'm gonna say the uh the Kiss in Las Vegas vinyl. Oh really? Eh? <laughs> Something just bugs me about that. I don't know what it is. Compared to the going back to a live or a live two or something. I, I don't know. Something about it. Maybe it's a live maybe a live three. It's, it could be a toss up. A live three or or Las Vegas, those those two kind of bother me, bother me. Maybe I'm gonna switch it and just say Live Three now. Just thinking about it, Live Three is one I just can't. I don't want to play it on vinyl. I'm just play it at all. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be it. Well, Mark started his question by saying record, so I'm gonna take that to well, that's what, to yeah. to not necessarily restrict myself to LP. In yeah, terms yeah. Of its format. It could be anything. Uh, my favorite is the Japan 1986 P33C of Rock and Roll Over. It's uh, their own mastering of the album, which was far superior to anything that came out in America when they CDized the catalog. You know, I've heard all sorts of stories about how they did that back then for the American market, right down to they sourced it off cassette tapes for the CD versions. You know, I don't know how true that is, but come on, I, I don't think those original CD versions do sound that great. But the Japan, Japanese version is absolutely stunning. And that whole series, for that matter, uh, whether you're listening to The Elder, Rock and Roll Over, Destroyer, it, it doesn't matter. They just sound absolutely incredible. And when I did an A-B compare of that with the 2014s, the only differences I really saw, and there'll be experts out there who say, well, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, I don't. It's just opinion. Um was that the P33C is basically the base of the 2014 version, and the 2014's just been made louder. So the waveforms mm-hmm. are, you know, nearly identical, just louder to sound somewhat spinal tapish. So that's my go-to rock and roll over, because it's favorite album and it's the best sounding version I've ever heard, and my ears like it. My least favorite is Hot in the Shade, any vinyl version of that, because it's just mm. too much frickin' music to be crammed onto a single platter of vinyl. It, it lacks dynamics. It's all kind of you know, smudgy. It just does not sound great. 
Um, mm -hmm. And the same applies to a Live 3 for that matter. Again, single disc, big mistake for a Live 3. Um, you, you cannot put all that stuff on. And you went through a phase in the late 80s into the 90s. Smashes has a bit too much on it for what vinyl can yeah. actually handle. Hot in the Shade has way too much. And so it doesn't matter if you're getting 65 minutes if it's all crammed into that format. So I find Hot in the Shade to be the worst sounding of you know any album apart from all the error copies of Dynasty that slipped out in 79. So, um, Quick question on the Rock and Roll Over one. Uh, did you compare that Japanese one to the the 97 remaster? I did. And, and the, how does that? It, it's way, way, way. The 97 ones I hate. I cannot stand those now because they, oh, are, really? they, are, just really? so, they are just so brick-walled. I, I do have the, the Japanese ones. I do have those, uh, but I haven't pull them out in so long so i might go back and listen to the yeah. cds or yeah the cds yeah yeah 80 it was uh, 89 right 86 86, 86? on the original oh, cds okay. in japan i believe okay. yeah. whatever i got yeah it was back then i remember they weren't available uh here so yeah japanese i, I had all those and i still have them um so I'll have to listen to them. Yeah, I'll have to find them. Yeah, I may dig mine out. I've got the 98s uh, from Japan up in that box set behind me. I've got, mm -hmm. I think, the 2006 SHMs, which aren't going to be any different in terms of the mastering and the sound. It's just material. Um, so mm -hmm. that doesn't affect the actual music. And, and do a compare okay. between all the CD versions and you know, just do a waveform capture on it, maybe an, a, an analysis using some of the tools in Audacity or some of the other programs uh, to get your peak decibel levels and all that. You know, it really does kind of tell a story. But then again, none of it matters a damn when everyone's brain is processing audio differently. So, you know, sure. it, and it's a highly subjective. The only thing you, you can do is, uh, you know, find that version that fits for you. Those are some great questions to add into the mix, Mark. We're going to wrap this show up. So, Daniel, thank you for trying to join again. Um, we thank you for listening. So, you know, for any of these questions that we've kind of asked, what is your first, your favorite, and your effort, you know, do chime in with what you think. Uh, again, it's all down to your personal stories, your histories, and your, how you've traveled through the band's history. And, again, it comes down to different entry points and different tastes. So it's all legitimately correct. So we thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Thank you, gentlemen, and we will see you on the next next Kiss FAQ podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the Kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.